Welcome to the new media show. We're back. Doing the new media show again. People are actually going to listen to this junk. We do it live. We're live right now. We'll just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We just can't get enough. The new media show. Let's go. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. Bada bing, bada boom. The new media show. We do it live. Just do it live. We're going live. We're going live. We're going live. The new media show. I'm like Adam Curry, and you're more like John C. Devorah. I think I am Adam Curry, and you're the old curmudgeon. We do it live on the new media show again. The new media show. Technology. We make it sound so special. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Rob, how you doing? I'm doing great, Todd. Nice little warm up to the show. Absolutely. It's like drinking a Red Bull. But, Where's your Red Bull? Oh, I see but, your uh, your Red Bull is back up on the shelf. Well, I've got an orange cow glass now, and oh, wow. okay. and uh, it is no longer containing Red Bull. It contains delicious. Un- First of all, I need you to put sugar in tea. It's uh, quite sacrilegious. So <laughs> I know that's going to start a debate here, but my unsweetened iced tea. Real mm. men don't put sugar in their tea, right? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Todd? No, I'm just telling you. I see people put so much sugar into their iced tea. Sometimes you could skate across it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not brown anymore. It's white. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I saw. It's I. I know that you. Those of you that love your sweet tea. Well, I am definitely not in that boat. So uh, I'm. I'm certainly not in that boat either. I'm trying to cut sugar out of my diet. So that so. I guess, and it's a northerner thing. Those that live down in uh, down in the south, or yeah, I guess sweet tea is universal. Who knows? But yeah, anyway. But hey, here we are. And uh, I, I just, I mean, literally ran out of a meeting and uh, got the show up and running. And I, I was really. I I I tight entitled the sh- the show on YouTube um insanity <laughs> in in the podcasting space and let me see if I can I can find uh where did I put it did, So you're talking about the Verge article? Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> was, hey, hey Rob, there yep. was definitely some dirt on that article. What do you think? Hey, Rob, have you ever been to a podcasting event where you were offered weed and Coke at the same time? No, I have to say. I've no. never, you know, I, I told some guys back in the early days, back when we were in Ontario, no sneak smoking weed in the park during, in our suite during the party, because that was still active duty Navy and I just could not risk anything. Right. You know, so, um, no, there was, you know, even in the early days, at least at our parties, there was no weed. Now people would just probably today say I'm a square, <laughs> but, um, you know, we just, uh, we had lots of liquor. So, you know, I guess one vice versus the other. Right. But I've never seen Coke being down on a table in a, at a podcast event or pavilion or house or anything. You know, so <laughs> I guess well, Todd, I guess they rolled Todd, different. This kind of kind of brings me back is a little bit of memories about w- w- one of the early Lipson parties. <laughs> well, you know, you guys had parties. Uh, again, I I probably yeah. never. We were having our own party at the same time. Now, you know, right. people, you know, people were uh, 
you know, I, again, I, I'm not a goody two shoes. You don't smoke weed and you knock well, yourself out. I'm good. Well, and it, it wasn't there's legal. There's a whole story about this medium back in the very early days. This is back in like 2005 and stuff. It was a pretty, it was a pretty wild crowd. I mean, it, it was a lot of crazy, crazy and, people in this crowd. And, you know, and that was before weed was really being legalized either. You know, it was basically you still had to go find your, uh, you know, the guy that, what do they call it today? Your plug had to go find your plug. <laughs> you know, now you just go to the pharmacy. Hell, I got a pharmacy going in right next door. You know, yeah. I'll probably be getting a contact high in this room just from having, you know, hundred pounds worth of weed in the pharmacy next door. So, but right. you know, but yeah, the podcasting hype house from hell <laughs> as, as reported by the verge, how right. Himalaya, how China's well, biggest, well, it was, it was basically, I mean, we've been always very skeptical of Himalaya Todd, from the very early days. It's like, what are these guys up to? What are they doing? I can't figure it out. That right. Was, that was always what was said about this company. So. And it turns out, at least the rumor is, according to Verge, is that during a cab ride or something, they said, what well, it sounds better, 50 million or 100 million investment? And, you know, the guys, well, 100. And so that's what they went with was a, you know, leaked 100 million investment. Of course, that was talked down. Real, I think we all knew relatively quickly it wasn't that much. Well, there's a, that's not how VC companies work, right? <laughs> right. I mean, if you've ever been with a startup company that's got VC money, you, yeah. you know that it doesn't work that way. So, you know, those investors dole out the money as you need it. They don't just like give you a hundred million dollars to go party. Now, I, I had run into the subject of this article at an event. I'm almost now. He came from what? Uh, starts with a C, I think, right? Castbox. Castbox. Okay, now weren't, correct me if I'm wrong, make sure I'm on the right track here. Did they not have a big party in Philly? Yes. Were they the sponsor? Okay, so if I remember correctly, they had this VIP area mm -hmm. that yep. was really kind of set a lot of podcasters off because it was the haves and the haves nots. And matter of fact, their PR team was really, they had done some stuff a couple of weeks before the event that got the ire of several of us, including this on the show about hijacking RSS feeds, a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'd had a run, not a run in, but I'd had a introduction to him back at that time. And you're talking about Peter Vincer, right? Right. You're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I've had some exposure to Peter too. I've talked now, to him many times. I've been in a couple of conferences and events. So I mean, I, he's been around and done some after hours things with him too. And it's, I've got stories too. So I, I don't really have, if, if I do, I don't remember, <laughs> you know, part, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Jack and Coke kind of guy at parties, right? Jack and Coca-Cola. Right. <laughs> Let's be clear. Yeah. Not Jack and you know, lines of Coke. Yeah. yeah. Um but this whole article, I mean, it is a wowza of a wowza one. And well, it, just, it shows a whole nother side of podcasting that most people don't right. see, right? Or even think it might be there. 
it's it's certainly not common. What what we see in this story is not common. In the no, no, at all. So I, if it if is, it was common, man, we'd be be known as true rebels and out here on the urge, right? Verge, right? <laughs> so this is this is. I mean, it's yeah, it's not good stuff. I mean, it's it's uh, it's some abuse of investors. It's taking advantage of things, and you know. There was other things going on that are borderline illegal, and there's things that were happening here around women and things like that. Trafficking, completely, strippers. Completely oh, off, my God. Off, off the rails. Um, heavy drinking, uh, Acu- drugs, all this stuff. Accused. Uh, he's been He's got several lawsuits, I guess, pending. Accused of inappropriate comments. You know, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> when I read this and okay i consider myself to be pretty well schooled on what's going on in the podcasting space but this set me back like where where was i where where was my square self (laughs) i saw none of this well todd have you ever been out with him in after hours no no okay no that's I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised at this. I didn't know the level of detail. I didn't know the the intricacies of what their um, what their activities were at all. I had very superficial view of it. I've only had a couple of exposures to Peter Peter Vincer and his business approach and what he does in after hour situations. But I have seen some things, um, and I knew at the time it was not something that I wanted to be associated with. Um, so it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't me and it wasn't what I like to do. Right. Um, so, you know, but there was some behavior there that I saw at events, um, and after hours things that, you know, made you go, you know, you know, there are some issues here. (laughs) Part of of one of my weaknesses is I have a real tough time sometime putting a name to a face. It's just. You know, some people have this God-given talent to be introduced to somebody one time and remember them forever. You know, that's not me. Right. You know, I'm well, I mean, I'm, I, I'm doing a glance at a batch. So if if someone was doing something wild and crazy, I would be like, "Wow, look at them! They're having a good time," and maybe raise an eyebrow and keep on moving. So you know, we've all, you and I have been to almost every after-hour event that was. Mm-hmm. Publicly, we go in and you know socialize and you know make the rounds, have a few cocktails, tell a couple right. of big fish stories. You know, we've all done that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, that, and that's what those events are for—is to kind of network and have fun. But right. this is a whole well, different animal. Yeah, I mean, I never saw all this. What I saw was little examples of. You know, irresponsibility, unprofessionalism, um, ways of going about things that were more focused on having fun mm-hmm. or perceived fun versus doing what's what's right or professional right. in given situations. So, you know, I, that's how I would couch this and just say that um, I'm I'm not 100 percent surprised at this, but yet in some ways I was shocked as well. So. Yeah. I, it, this was like I didn't really think that anybody would be so irresponsible. So you know, yeah. I I can think back to some you know we, we I remember an event I went to um, in New York or Boston, 
Brother Love was premiering. It was, you know, it was back in the early days. And I know that night I drank way too much. And I thought the next day, well, what stupidity did I do? So oh. it really, you know, it really gave me a perspective of, hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey, 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 you know, you, 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 you drank too much last night. Let's, let's reel it in. And ever since that right. point, um, yeah, just having fun and, you know, cocktail too many. And the next thing you know, you want to manage a band instead of, you know. <laughs> well, and that's, that's you know, the bigger picture right. too. I mean, if you get into some of the details of this, it's, it's not very, it's not a good look. And no. he's going to wind up with some legal no. problems and some, some lawsuits and things yep. like that. But the big picture is, is that this isn't necessarily entirely uncommon in the entertainment industry. Uh, in the music industry and the movie and film industry, this kind of stuff is in in the past anyway, I don't know if it's going to be this way going forward or if the industry is, is going to get back at this level of party time. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is not necessarily entirely uncommon in Hollywood and that's where this happened was in Los Angeles. And matter of fact, uh, a real Twaje, uh, address, a zip code nine zero two one Oh. And right. if you guys don't get the reference to that, then I'm sorry. It, you know, there's there's a song. Um, it's Beverly Hills. Is what it's it Beverly is. Hills. And sixteen right. to $17,000 a month rental. And uh, they now say they own $100,000 or whatever in broken back, back rent and broken stuff. And, yep. uh, you know, bringing all kinds of, you know, and haven't, you know, Rob, we, we've thrown parties. You know, uh, Raw Voice lives in, we've all thrown parties, but what, what have we done? We've done it in an environment. I remember having a fantastic party in Las Vegas at the Pepper Mill. We had, we rented the casino part of the back. It's this red swap. It was fantastic. It was a great lounge, great party, great vibe, but it was a business party, entertain people that in the industry have fun. And, and then if we saw someone was getting a little bit out of control, we would say, Hey, thank you for coming. Right. You know, can we get you a cab home? You know, we, we had protocols in place Mm -hmm. and, um, this was not this. No, it's, it's not, but there, like I was saying earlier, there's definitely examples of this and I've, I've been to big parties before, um, from various studios to even when I think back to Microsoft and I was working at Microsoft, Zune had a, uh, basically an event space in Los Angeles. But that's a, that's a whole different deal. That's, that is, well, it is, it is, but the concept of of having a physical presence where you can entertain, sure and bring in bands yeah. and you can have those kinds of things is not uncommon in LA. Right. 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 What's uncommon about this is the integration of, um, of drugs, alcohol, sex trafficking, mm-hmm. all this stuff. It sounds like most of the time that this house was actually used as a workspace, um, based on the story that I read. Um, so there were times in the evening after hour stuff that things went sideways. On right. This. Right. Um, and that's, that's where they're focusing. But at the end of the day, you know, 
Zune had a big facility in LA too that was like a party place too, but it was always handled professionally. That's it was right. always done with an organized um, event-based approach, right? And people didn't get served over and, drinks. And there was there, there was drugs, right. there were all that stuff. And there was right. staff there that was not drinking. Right. That was yeah. It, it's a whole again, it's a whole different it's a professional right. get together. People are still having fun. There's music. We do this at podcast movement. There's music. It's professional. It's yep. their security. Yep. There's no stupidity going on, but this just sounds like a train wreck. And, and, yeah. and no, it was a train wreck. It, it, it was really kind of a fraud actually is what I would even classify it as. Well, um, I won't that, you, fraud Rob, please say that in your opinion. Well, in, <laughs> in, in my opinion, I mean, if this is how money was used yeah. from investors, uh, you can, you can make a claimant like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to outright, I'm not going to say it was fraud. I'm just going to say it was insanity in my opinion. Yeah. But if you're using company money to buy you know, drugs and to pay for, you know, things that, you know, maybe don't further your business objectives, right. um, then it's hard to justify. Yeah. Well, if you haven't read. This expose in Bert the Verge. I, I, I'm. This is this is this is the this is the scandal story of the year. The podcasting hype house from hell. How China's biggest audio platform funnel funded one man's frat boy's dream. <laughs> that pretty much says it all. And it? Uh, I think it does. And um, there was a follow up article the next day that was trying to do damage control that didn't have a, a named author on this guy, but, uh, holy smoke, this thing, uh, I, I, you know, people were hitting me up on Facebook, on Twitter saying, are you going to talk about this on the show? Well, yes, we have, but, uh, well, so, so you're saying that you've never met, um, Peter Vincer. I'm going to have to look at his picture. Let me Google here. Yeah. Cause he, I mean, he's been at a lot. I mean, I mean, he was like a major sponsor at PodFest. Um, I don't know if he was there in person, but I know that his company had you know big, big, big sponsorships of podcasting events over the last three years. Uh, again, Rob, if I did, you know, you were doing the LA thing a lot, so I, you know, I yeah, haven't. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure if I seen him and talked to him, I would remember, but. Right. Um, his LinkedIn account isn't looking too good. I wonder if he's been unfollowed by a bunch of people. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he's only got 423 connections right now. You know, mine, mm -hmm. I think mine's over 10,000. So it's, or not that many, whatever it is, but not 423. So, you know, and I think what this does, sadly, is will bring scrutiny to any type of, in the near future at least, any type of party or anything that's going on in the space, someone's going to be looking for a story, um, potentially. Yeah. And right, you know, we we've got very, you know, it. In, I've got internal company policies on alcohol, you know, at events, and uh, typically uh, when the trade show floor is open, then the, you know, then you can have a cocktail, but. 
you know, it's, it is uh, not, not during business hours. And so, and it's just common sense, you know, you don't need to be sitting around drinking a beer or doing something worse during business hours. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a distraction from what the company was trying to accomplish right. here in the U.S. And and it was never 100% clear what the company was trying to be accomplish, trying to accomplish here in the United States. Um, they weren't really building technology that I'm aware of. Um, they were just trying to do deals with content creators and do some ad sales and and wine and dine people and, and hype up a bunch of shows and yep. get them popular. And they were hoping they were going to make money off of rev share deals. That was the proposition that I, I heard from Peter when I talked to him, um, is what their model was. And I, I said, are you guys going to write any software? Are you guys going to build a platform? Are you guys going to, you know, uh, we're, we're just going to work with other people. So Himalaya never hosted podcasts. No. They always work with others and they tried to do ad sales and they tried to offer marketing support services to podcasts and things like that. They made a lot of promises. I don't know that they were able to actually live up to a lot of those promises though. That, that, that was, that was a little bit of the downfall, I think. So the name of the company, Notorious LLC, that kind of gives you the vibe. That's a new company that he's started. Oh yeah. Okay. I don't think that's. The oh, that's not the one that's in the in the story. It's oh, it was High Studios, right? H I. Correct. <laughs> okay. H I yes, Studios. A new, new brand. Okay, so High Studios, <laughs> which is notorious, you might add, right? So. so yeah. Branding is not his strong suit. I don't think. No, it's 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 a. You know, let's, let's form a company and let's, let's get, get the party going. So, right. Right. Well, you know, oh, well. um, it is what it is, but lots more happening in the podcasting space, but I just had to start the show off today talking about this because, right. you know, um, I shared it with my team and everyone gave like the big, big eyeballs, you know, look, right. <laughs> Right. And I'm saying this is how stuff can go sideways very, very quickly. Yeah. I guess uh, Spotify has been up to their business of uh, um, doing deals with more podcasts. I guess Call Her Daddy did a deal with Spotify for $60 million. So there's more of them coming. Plus you also, I, I'm sure you heard about Anchor's change and what they're doing around uh Auto submission into Apple. Oh, they're, that's they're pulling pull, pulling back from that. Hold up now. So no one will ever tell us. And Apple, if you had anything to do with that, thank you. <laughs> you know, we'll never know. No one will ever admit. We'll never hear the backstory. But Apple, if you told them to stop, thank you. Well, if you read the copy on Anchor's website about this change, they're doing it as a, they're making a change to be able to better empower their podcasters. Because. They get access to greater um, data about their success of their shows. That's, that's right. How it's, being, being how it's being spun. Right. So the spinning wheel goes round and round. But what was more interesting in that article. Hey, 
Woo, hear that horn. Um, the biggest, the biggest uh, spin, the biggest interesting thing is we're not going to give podcasters an RSS feed unless they need one. And you know what? Unless they ask for one. So I, I got to thinking about this. I said, this is, this is perfect. Oh, I, shh, 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 Rob. Yeah. We're going to get somebody who's mad at us. We're going to get what? Somebody mad at us. Oh, we are? Well, we are because, because, because it isn't a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> isn't it a great idea that Spotify won't give their podcasters RSS feeds unless they ask for one? <laughs> Yeah, because then they're not really a podcast hosting platform anymore, are they? Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Right. Great idea. <laughs> Build on top of that. Right. Yeah. Submit your show over to Spotify and you're good. <laughs> well, if you think about the psychology of it though, Todd, it's 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 that may sound good to us, but to a content creator, they're saying, Oh, I can you mean I can create a show over there on Anchor and it'll be exclusive onto Spotify? Mm, boy, that's a key to success. There you go. There's the <laughs> there, there's there's the magic keys to the strategy there, right there. Yeah, that is that is the <laughs> winner winner chicken dinner. The phrase that pays that's, that's, <laughs> because. Oh, I just can't eat. You know, I just, I started writing marketing one-liners on that. Right. <laughs> you, know? right. <laughs> you know, so it's a great idea. Yeah. It is absolutely just, and, and, and of course, oh, oh, let me see if I can find it here. Let me see if I can find it here. Here we go. Don't eat me, James Cridland. <laughs> James listened to the show, and uh, based on our little request, he went out and did some digging around, and right. he went and found out the you know the percentage of dead shows. Yeah, it's what eighty one percent. Where? Where's eighty one percent of dead shows? Yeah, on Anchor. Where? Anchor has eighty one percent of yeah. dead shows. Imagine that. Right. Right. <laughs> what right. I think I said about eighty percent. Hmm. Yeah. Now, you know, we all have dead, some dead shows. Just, you know, it, it exists on every platform. Well, you know, the, the last paragraph of their, of their claim at, at Anchor is, we feel this change will give new creators more control over their work and its presence in the world. Right. Like, like all the rest of us have done since day one. Right. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant right. strategy. All right. Yeah. So anyway. So welcome, welcome to the party, right? Right. Absolutely. No RSS feed. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Mm -hmm. We've gave millions of content creators the ability to have a voice. <laughs> right. I uh, love it. Love it. Just to our platform. Right. What was that percentage again, Rob? 81% <laughs> of the anchor shows. 
are considered to be dead shows. In other words, they haven't produced an episode in the last 90 days. I think that was the, that was the yeah. number he used. I mean, don't, don't get us entirely wrong. It's, that's not a big deal. It doesn't, it doesn't impact Todd and I directly. No. It just means that maybe there was a large number of podcasters that maybe got off on the wrong foot too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe if they had started on a different platform, maybe they would have uh, still been podcasting. Then I again, then again, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. It's hard to right. really know. I'm just making a, a generalization. Was there something about that platform that um, dissuaded people from doing podcasting? Right. I, I don't know. I mean, there must be some explanation other than just um, that many people, you know, quitting. Right. Now, okay, so we have, well, Anchor's going to stop auto-submitting to Apple. Good. Okay. Number one. Right. Number two, now let's go back to Apple for round two. We're not saying that Apple listened to us in this show or any of us for the past two couple of years, been asking them why, how come. Um, but now, Apple, clean out not just Anchor's dead shows. Clean out all the other dead shows. If there's no if there's no media and there's no RSS feed. So if there's a dead RSS feed and there's no media linked to a listing, let's get those out of there. Let's get them out of the directory. Well, haven't they been doing that? Well, you know, I think it's a little bit of a, you know, you can never, you can never have a smaller number. they, They can't just remove a million listings off their platform. They can't do it at one shot. They could. Dev probably put the query screen together in a couple hours and, and, and remove. A... So what happens then when the Apple podcast directory goes from 3 million listings to 2 million listings overnight or 1.5 million listings overnight, that's not a good PR spin. People are People that don't understand will make hay with that and it could hurt Apple stock price. So they've had to delete some, add some, and they've, you know, they've had to have this trade off of how many new shows. And then they drop the the dead shows. If if I was working at Apple, that's what I would do because it's, it's not a, it's not a good look to kill a million dead shows Mm -hmm. at one shot. People are going to start questioning the industry. So, you know, maybe I better be careful what I wish for here. I think it's publicly known. We've already talked about how many active shows there are. We've done that here multiple times on the show, but. So they can't just go in and, and there's a lot of stuff in there that is going to be there forever because they're the, the media is available and the RSS feed is available, you know, because anchor is probably not taking content down. So. You know, we're us, and probably you guys too, we have a certain amount of time when a customer cancels is from the time, you know, there's a certain amount of period and all of a sudden the media is offline that we host. Right. So in that instance, then, you know, we probably would have more 
shows dropping off Apple than maybe an anchor would because anchor has no reason to mm-hmm. take that old content down. They have no, unless right. they clean house and they're not going to do that. But for us, it's and when a Libsyn show, when a blueberry shows, I'm sure when a Podbean shows and a Buzzsprout show cancels and quits and quit paying their hosting bill. In some instances, like you guys, you guys got the feed and the media. We may only have the media at times because right. the podcaster has a website or that website. So, you know, we would probably have a bigger impact in our stuff being removed from the Apple podcast directory just because our stuff is taken offline within 30 days or so. Mm-hmm. So each yeah. company's got a different policy on how long they let the media and the feed to stay online. But yeah. So, yeah, I don't know about the cleaning out thing. I think it's, it's, it, it needs to happen, uh, but it needs to happen in a way that doesn't jolt the industry. Right. Um, and how to, you know, that's something that the, the directories are going to have to manage. Well, it's it, not a big issue on our platforms because we don't have free hosting accounts. Right. So people tend to be a little bit more responsible with their accounts. Well, at least now, too, is we'll have less junk feeding right. the beast. You yeah, know, neither one of us have free accounts. Right. Well, an anchor will have less junk feeding it because a lot of those shows will just opt to be on Spotify and that's it. They won't care. They don't know any different. Yeah, so Spotify must be okay with having a bunch of dead shows on their platform. And if it's too. if if there is a I'm trying to hold my fingers up here in front of the camera, if there is a um, and if they're going to make if you have to ask for an RSS feed, is it really asking or is it just it's an option? You can enable it or not. Mm, I, I don't know. I don't. I got it. Okay. I well, it was enabled. So if they enable, if they don't enable by default, then well, well, that's the key question. Are they enabling it, um, or is it like a toggle or a it's probably radio a, button? I would imagine like it's that. probably a toggle. Right, on or off. Yeah, but some people never toggle it on because they don't know. They don't understand. And right. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean. Todd, remember back the early days of Spotify, how rabid content creators were oh, just crazy. on Spotify, crazy. right? Yep. So, so I think they're definitely tapping into that psychology of, well, whatever I'm doing, I just want it on Spotify. I don't care about Apple. I don't care about, you know, these other platforms. I just want to be on Spotify because that's the cool place to be, right? Well, I just had someone that's going to do an ad deal and uh, the advertiser only cares about the measurements happening on Spotify. They don't care yeah. about any other distribution and, and, you know, they're talking ask us about all these special things about, you know, third party pixel tracking and other stuff. And basically they went back and talked to the media buyer and he said, we're only going to pay for what's listened to on Spotify. Mm-hmm. So I thought well, my eyeballs kind of got, whoa. And the content creator was good with it. So. Right. Yeah. So Todd, did you see this other story that popped up um, about the the EU um, copyright rules oh. have been slightly modified as of June seventh? Yeah, we're we're uh, my legal's looking through that, trying to figure out 
Yeah. Where we have to the go. Article, it's, this is bad news. This is Article 17 of the Copyright Directive in the EU. Mm-hmm. Uh, changes the way safe harbor rules work. Um, I guess they this new safe harbor rule shift, uh, shifts responsibility for any copyright infringement by any podcast um, over to the hosting platform. And this so explains the reason I, why I've been getting a dozen emails this past couple of weeks from companies that say, Hey, we got technology that will scan your library. Yep. That's that has, that has been going on for a while. There's companies out there looking to find copyright infringement before it, uh, it actually gets published. Yep. Well, it's, uh, it is a by, by a few too over the last year. Yeah. So, you know, this is, um, this is a challenge because. All right. Number one, does it only apply to content that originates in the UK? Mm, don't know yet. Does it apply to any content consumed and not in the UK in the European union? Does it, does it account for any content that's listened to in the EU? uh from an american or whatever show um if if i have to here's the problem rob if i have to start well this is a domino effect on the u.s is what it does it creates if i have to start running scans on every piece of content that is uploaded flag it and remove it if it it needs to be right then how that that so i then screw myself for us law so what i'm going to have to do is set up a bucket that gets delivered to the european union and a bucket gets delivered to the united states because if i start well there's talk about this change happening uh, in the us <clears throat> too well if i have to start if i have to be the person cuz what what our safe harbors protection is is we don't go looking for copyrighted content and we're not the traffic cop for content. We, we, we have to apply removals according to DMCA and those rules, but now specified in our terms of service. Right. So now if I have to be a, just like GDPR, if I had to be, and if I had to be a traffic cop for EU content now, where I say, Hey, you, you know, you're playing, uh, some copyrighted music this this episode has been taken offline um i leave my, i i lose my safe harbors protection here in the united states yep that's what i'm saying what they do in the eu has a domino effect on the us there's no way to separate the two well there is well legally it's separated but the the effect of it dominoes, right. right? It, it, it's happened. It, it, it's happening around the, the privacy protection stuff too. That, that's what we saw with that as well. Is that, you know, if it's happening in the EU, it's going to be hard to, to just do it in the EU and, but do something different in the U S. And the thing right? that irritates right. me is I'm going to probably have to spend hundred thousand dollars to prevent less than 1% of content 
a half, you know, one tenth of 1% of content from being released. So I have to build something. It's really. Or, or, or outsource it. And the problem with that is. Well, I'm still going to spend a hundred grand. Well, the optics of it is what's really bad. Right. Right. Because this now, medium has been built around openness, a, a openness, right? And once we start throwing that into the equation, then um, all things start to change. I mean, but you have to be honest about it, though. The, these kinds of things have been around YouTube for sure. a decade, right? So it's not like this is a big surprise that this could happen, right? I think a lot of people in this industry, in the podcasting industry, have been saying, oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. But I've, I've been pushing back for a long time saying, I wouldn't count your chickens before they've hatched, right? Um, that may not be the case. Well, again, but I'm not going to get too excited. Happen. I'm letting my legal team do their thing, right? do the review yeah. on this, see where we lay, see where the risks are. Right. <clears throat> But, you know, until we get music, you see, part of the, the other convergence that's happening, right, too, is that we're starting to get music licensing, right? Yep. So how do you, how do you hold things accountable in that scenario, right? And, if, and if you can get a license for music, then, then you need to get a license for music. UK right? podcasters can get a, mus- a license for music. But then where's the enforcement arm of that? Once there's money involved, then people have a vested interest in um, keeping an eye on it. Right. More. And that's been building over the last two years. This whole movement towards DMCA takedowns has been accelerating. And it really, I think, started with Spotify. So the uh, question then really begins to be answered then is where does this end? So let's say well, I got to go out and spend a hundred grand and employ a company to look at every piece of media that goes up have a system in place to remove that media. Well, so I think you have to look at it before it gets published. You can't. Right, right, right. I'm saying, I'm, I know that's what I'm saying. So I go right. out and spend that money and I, and I get that in place for DMCA or not for DMCA to, to support the European union bullshit. Right. So what comes next? Am I then going to have to have uh, filters looking for hate speech and, all the other things that goes on, where does it end? Yeah. Yeah. Where does it end? That, that, that is a very good question. Just look at Facebook and Twitter. That tells you where it ends. And you know, this, this is going to cause all of us. If we have to do this, this is not cheap technology to employ. Just so everyone understands, this 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 is not something you can just take on the chin. This is this adds a significant dollar amount to the process. And the thing is, we're not getting paid on this media. It's not like YouTube where they're monetizing media. Well, and Todd, and the other part of this too is it may create a, a situation where the it presents licensing opportunities to content creators. So case in point, a, a podcaster goes out and gets a piece of music and they, they use it in their podcast. It gets tempted to be published 
the this system that we're talking about here mm-hmm. analyzes that music, right? Yep. To find out what licenses exist for that particular music, because th- they will be signatures that can be recognized in the music. So the music can come from anywhere, right? But this system will detect the the music and it will detect the signature from the music and identify it to license holders in the, in the database. And it will assign the availability of a license or not. And if there's no availability of a license, guess what? You get a block. If there is availability of a license, then it gives you, you can license this content for $2 or $5 or $10 or whatever that dollar amount is that that license has been assigned for that piece of content. Well, what YouTube does is they often let the content stay in and then it's monetized against. But the problem is then you can do that too. Then right. who pays the rights holder? YouTube does. And right. YouTube advertises against that content and they have the ability to pay that bill without incurring a fee. Right. That's how the YouTube model works and leaving the copy, the, the rights holder said that music can stay there, but I want to be paid for that. YouTube right. pays the rights holder and then YouTube runs ads in that episode to pay for number one, they make money off the content. Number two, they pay the rights holder bill. We're not, Doing are that. we, are we going to have to stop say, okay, you got music in your content. It's going to go through. I, I got to throw a pre-roll on your, on your content now to, for, so that I can pay the bill to the rights holder. Well, you could. Well, that's because otherwise I have to pay the bill. Or the, the content creator is charged the bill or else they can't include the music. <sighs> you know, there's, this is a Pandora's box. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, this is opening up all sorts of situations. I think we as an industry have a choice here. We can either be proactive about it because this is coming, whether we like it or not, I believe, or we can fight it and we can piecemeal it. And the problem is, is that the more content that goes out in this environment, that's not properly licensed, the, there's going to be more lawsuits. There's going to be more DMCA takedowns and there's going to be more problems. And, and eventually what the fallout from this could be is that there won't be any music in podcasting in the future. Because of this, because of the penalties involved, I can't. I can't afford to uh, even risk having music and podcast. Right. So what's your? Because choice? I could be bankrupt on a single lawsuit. Right. What's your choice? Is is the choice to be legal with it? Yes. But yeah. Rob, there's no. Here's the thing for the next two or three years, if we have to employ enforcement, it's going to be enforcement only. There's no license. And then we are. There is some technology providers out there that are very close to being able to do what I just said. Well, I understand that. But again, there is no license for downloadable media. No, that's true. But that's, that's going to change, especially if you have a system like this in place. So, Anyway, it's it gives it's me it a, gives me a headache thinking about it. It's quite a quite a quagmire that that the industry may fall into in the next couple of years uh, on on this very topic. And if the EU and the United States do this with their copyright laws, you know, the floodgates are open. 
because they love coming to companies and getting into their coffers. Mm -hmm. Yep. And who knows where it will end. Yeah. So, so, you know, I could see changes to our terms of service as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know. Immediate, ter immediate termination of accounts. Music and podcasting. If if we if if this doesn't happen too, so uh, well immediate termination of accounts. If music is used in podcasts, I could see that. I mean, I'm talking pretty much any music. Right, I understand it. Any. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could use music if you had it created custom for you. Um. But I do believe even the royalty-free music platforms are getting involved in this, too. Douglas says, the big issue with music is who are the rights holders? Figuring out who owns what is a total mess. Right. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. It's still early in the game. But if the, if the copyright rules change before the technology is there for us to manage it, that's going to be another problem. Well, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Right. <laughs> We're all behind the eight ball. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. And yeah. you just, you know, you hope, and here's the thing too. You hope that what these companies are going to say is, okay, podcast company X, you got one or two things out there. Let's, can you clean that up for us? You hope that's what they do. And. Because maybe it's not worth, again, I'm hypothetical here. Mm -hmm. It's not worth the lawyer's time to come after you for a couple of violations. Um, but if you have a hundred or a thousand, then there's a bigger problem. And you and I both know that last year, we all got the most number of DMCA takedowns we've ever got in any year of podcasting. With yep. the R I and be honestly, we can kind of thank the RIAA for help cleaning up old inventory. Cause they went through and they were sending takedown notices for content that'd been online for ten years. At least in our case, some stuff had been out there. Yeah. yeah. And so from that standpoint, did they get it all? Probably not. Do they get have they gotten the new stuff? Probably not. Are there podcasters out there putting music in their podcasts? every day because we read the forums or people talking about music and podcasting and we have to keep telling them no, 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 no. And some people do it anyway. Yep. Cause screw the man. Are they, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to come get me? Um, <laughs> well, not physically, but they may get you one way or the other. So, I'm just, I'm not going to get too excited <laughs> until our legal has a chance to decipher all this and say, this is what we have or have not have to do. Right. Right. Yeah. It's definitely coming to a head. The DMC takedowns are accelerating. The, the, the rules around safe Harbor are, starting are starting to change right so you're seeing all the elements on both sides converging where's it gonna crash into each other rob it's 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 not like you guys got any big bills to pay here 
anytime soon. Right. Right. No, no big bills. You know, no. Uncle Sugar doesn't want his 3.6 and no, or no lawsuits. <laughs> no. no problem. You know, you no. just, just write that $5 million check, right? Right. <laughs> just get it over with. <laughs> it, it, you know, but you know, we, it's, you it's, know, it, it's cleaning up the messes so we can move on. I understand that. I understand right. that. But okay. So where's the first $2 million lawsuit coming to a podcast company for, you know, for copyright music? Dell, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, uh, uh, they, they call me and say, I need $2 million. They me say, well, <laughs> you can want. Right. Can blood, can, blood can, I, can, can I go on a, can I go on yeah. a 25 year payment plan? Right. <laughs> oh, uh, you can't, can't, can't take out a mortgage for that. <laughs> and so, so all the, all these companies that are, have this detection technology, they're chomping at the bit because they know <laughs> Hey, we'll come in there for $10,000 a month and clean up your audio. You know? Right. Yeah. And if I have yeah. to pay, if I have to pay 10, 15, 20, $25,000 a month to clean up audio, I'm sorry. That, that does, that amortizes out badly. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a bottom line cost that is, Ooh. Well, Todd, I think also the the danger here is is that it may come down to the point where um, the only people that can afford to have music in their podcasts are the are the high end shows. I'm not even talking about affording to put music. We're not there. We're 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 still no. You but know. I mean, even if we did have licenses, mm. how much would those licenses cost? I think you have to think about that too. I think the goal of getting music licensing and podcasting is, is great. I would love to have more pod, more music and podcasting, but what is the license amount going to be? And, and let's be clear. I mean, I think royalty free music has been around for a long time and that's certainly a good option for many people. But royalty free music always gets flagged even on YouTube now. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, so that's even going to need to be dealt with at some point. What's okay. What's license free. What's royalty free. What is the license on that music that you're using in your podcast? Right. That's going to come into play at some point. Well, there's no okay. way, there's no way right now. There's no mech zero mechanism. It doesn't right for it us to, in any no, of the podcast hosting platforms. There's right? zero mechanism for me to even know you have a license. Right. Or even know you have music in your podcast. Right. So let's say we get the technology to detect music in your podcast and I rip your stuff down and you yep. say, I've got a license for it. Well, it generates a report that says this track is this track. This track is licensed by this and this yeah. entity. And if you want to license this, you have to pay $15 and 25 cents. But they're not. But the thing is, they're not going to do that, Rob. Again, this is downloadable well, media. That's what the plan is, is to do uh, that. Right there. It'd be a cold day in hell because they, if, 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 if they would, if they would have already wanted to license 
music and podcasting, this would have been done. There's not enough zeros. Well, there's not enough zeros in revenue for them to care. So all they're going to do initially right now is, and, and Douglas, I know you guys have been pulling your hair out trying to get this done. Well, and there's other companies that are doing it too, not just those folks. So that are actually trying to build a system to, to, to do this. Um, but I mean, I, what I've heard is that the industry is looking at this as a potential revenue source. So I don't, I don't know because it's downloadable media. They can't get over their Napster days. It can be readily shared, copied. But most podcasters, if they're paying $5 a month for their hosting account, they're, they're not going to pay $25 for one track of music in one episode. I understand of their podcast. that. I understand that. Right. And that's, that's where the rubber really hits the road on this topic is that more than likely that's going to be the expectation. And it's not going to be based on, I don't believe, based on downloads. So Douglas says, how tough would it be to upload the license when you upload the podcast? Well, the license better be encoded in the MP3 file. Yeah. Well, especially if we're having to scan everything and, and compare it against a database. Right. It has right. That, that license is going to have to go into the MP3 file. It's going to have to be in the music signature somehow. Um, what that license is. Right. So... It's, it's, it's a Pandora's box that is ugly. And, you know, the EU already cost me mm, to implement GDPR. I think, my, I think we figured out it was six or $700,000 dev time, every, right. legal, all that stuff, right. maybe half a mil. Yeah. So what is this going to cost me? This is this know. is going to be much more expensive. This is much it's a monster harder issue. It's a monster issue, no question about it. Um, and most, I don't think most of the smaller podcast hosting companies are equipped to handle this. If if you think you weren't equipped to handle um, IAB V two guidelines, this is, specs, no, this is nothing. This is this will be a whole other realm. Um, so we'll see on all this. I don't, you know, I don't think we're going to see it for another, probably at least another year, but. Um, well, it depends I on how know. fast the lawsuits come. Right. Right. But it's funny, Todd, we've gone most of the show and guess what? We didn't say anything about Apple. <laughs> Apple and their, their launch finally of their paid subscription. And immediately today, Platform. guess what happened today? Imme well, immediately we started getting podcaster inquiries about how to do this and how to incorporate this and how this works and how come you're not supporting this in my publishing platform and blah, 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 blah. It, immediately. I'm like, got to go to Apple. We have nothing to do with it. Oh, right. hey, the podcaster don't care. Yeah. Well, that's because they misunderstand what's going on. Yeah. Yep. So we'll see how much of a Pandora's box this claims. I actually told, <laughs> we're going to use this as a marketing opportunity. We're just going to 
say, by the way, did you know you can do private internal podcasting on our platform? You don't have you to give Apple get to more platforms yep. than just Apple. You don't have to get take their thirty percent cut. All right, you know, you don't have to accept that. But right, uh, and and you can have a subscription for your podcast off of a another platform, and still make that available to listeners on Apple. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't lock you out. No, no, no. So keep that in mind when you're a, a podcaster creating a subscription product. You might be better off going with a platform that is independent from Apple. I'll just put it to you that way. Just well, because you're going to have to. You can be everywhere. You're going to have to. Just on Apple. You're going to have to if you're a smaller publisher, too, if you don't have big reach. Right. Because yeah. in order to, you're going to have to figure out the finances to make this work. Because right. I, I already know it. I just can't. I want to, I want to, and about, I'll give it four months. Someone's going to start complaining. I started a premium podcast on Apple. I got three subscribers paying me $5 a month. And I got to create four pieces of fresh content for them every month. It's because that's what I said I would do in the agreement. Right. This was one of the challenges of uh, Patreon too. So this isn't, you know, and, and that's one selling point right there for having a broader syndication of your subscription. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. By the way, Rob, did you see what's over my shoulder? I did see that. Yeah. I wasn't sure what I was looking at, but it was a, it looks like a blueberry. Yeah, it does. And, and it's, of course, the LED on the bottom of it's real bright, so I don't get a clear color. Dist- it looks beautiful in the dark. But, yeah, I got that for my birthday. That's a little uh, LED blueberry. Wow. Boy, is that to compete <laughs> with uh, with that? No. Oh, it, no, you mean uh, I'm right, right, right there. Or, yeah, right, right there. People can't see it because I've got you minimized so far. They, oh, now right. they can see it. Right. Zoom in on that, Todd. <laughs> so, a little sub, subliminal marketing here. Yes. It's small. It's off in the distance. Yeah, yeah. You keep me in a postage stamp up in the up in the corner. Yep. Yep. That's right. I'm all actually I'm all, you, you look better on you, you, you look better on a 60 inch TV. So just yep. watch yourself up on Apple TV. Sometimes you'll be astounded. Yep, it looks good. pretty good. Does it? It does. It's the Skype call that looks bad. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So yeah, you hear me whining, but it's true on th- this. Anytime we have to add another layer of tech, as a company CEO, all I think about is ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. The cash register being wrong as I'm writing checks, right. given change. So the cost of doing business, I don't think this tech is cheap. I might be surprised. Maybe it's pennies per media file. I, I doubt it. It's all about volume. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's cheap to license this. I don't know. We'll see. I doubt it. I'm sure there's a, you know, they're going to say, oh, this is the minimum. 
just to make it worthwhile for you having an account. It's not like it's self-serve where I can go sign up and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to send you 3 million downloads this or 3 million media files to look at this month. And, and your bill is, you know, even at a penny a piece at 3 million, that you, you do the math on that. That's, that's ka-ching, ka-ching. That adds up, right? <laughs> it adds up. So I see that the Auphonic folks have re released an API. Oh, that's awesome. To, to enable the integration of their post-production tool into podcast hosting platforms. And hmm. we have a very rich API at Blueberry, one of the richest ones in the space. It allows you to do just that as well. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's okay. Blueberry.com forward slash developer. Wow. This is <laughs> auphonic though. That's oh, I know. But you for, can, if, yeah. you, if you're the dev, you can do both pieces. Right. Right. You can. But most people don't have, this is, okay, we, we laugh. We built this developer platform. We built it so they can get their developer key. They can unlink their products. It's for less than 1% of people yeah. that have skills to write. The, yep. You do this when I get this, and you do this when I get that. And yep. Yep. But for those that have those types of people on staff to do those skills, we got some people doing some incredible stuff with statistics, pulling stats data down and re-manipulating it and showing mm -hmm. it in different ways. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. Sometimes I say, can I steal that screen? <laughs> no, actually we are in the, I've talked about it already, but we're in the middle of our UIUX stuff. But some of it's coming to a head here, but we've been heavily into redesigning our stats platform for the last, Oh, two months. Do you want me to tell you what's mm -hmm. new, Rob? Sure. You'll have to wait. Oh, darn. <laughs> uh, I will say one thing. We're coming to battle. <laughs> wow. Okay. Not with you per se, but you know. Well, you're, you're, you know, you're pulling out the guns is what it means, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just have to put a fresh coat of paint on once in a while. Right. And we're way overdue. So, hmm. It's always an interesting flow of, of uh, stories that James Cridlin comes up with, I have to say. It's true. He, he does get a whole bunch of stuff. So people are probably in the mode of submitting stuff to him. A lot yeah. too. So, and they're not submitting it to us as much anymore. No, they're just sending it to James. Yeah. And one thing's for sure is, uh, there's more than one person that wasn't happy with the new Apple Podcast app. Boy, that has taken a pretty big beating. Uh, yeah. I so, agree. Um, one thing I did find can intriguing was a new service called melon it's a new oh, yeah it's a new live streaming service for video and i thought it was just a restreaming service it's not it's kind of like Streamyard. As a matter of fact mm -hmm. it looks like it's a direct Streamyard competitor right. so uh i was thinking rob maybe for next week's show when i'm in columbus Maybe we'll use StreamYard for the show next week. And if I get my act together, we'll be able to 
use the output of StreamYard to go stream like we do the show normally, but we'll just use StreamYard uh, as the as the interface. Right. I just have to make a new ingest point and test it and make sure it works. Right. So you saw, Todd, uh, I, I sent you an email with our our session at Podcast Movement. I did. Uh, our our live session of this show on stage at Podcast Movement. Looks like we're one of the last, close to one of the last events on Friday. Oh, it, oh, it shuts down? Well, I don't know. I don't know what afternoon. I don't know when the last keynote is. So we, I was looking at this. Let me look at that again. Let me bring up your email. Let me go find it. It says uh, August 6th from two 15 to three 15 on the keynote stage live stage. Yeah. So, Hmm. So we get an hour. We'll have to go look at their schedule and see if they have a keynoter that comes on afterwards because right. the, the booth area closes at three o'clock. Oh, it does. Yeah. But there's usually something going on for the, for the podcasters beyond the booths closing. There's usually a couple of hours of, of, uh, you know, there's either late, you know, the last keynote of the day or something like that. So, so it does look like we will have a pretty good time slot on Friday. Mm-hmm. 2.15 to 3.15 on Friday, August 6th on the keynote stage, and, live stage. And we've had, in the years past, we've had major challenges in getting the recordings of that content. Um, so hopefully this year we'll be able to work that out so that we have a stick going and we're able to get the the audio recording at a minimum mm-hmm. right. from that event. So I'm still working on trying to get, get a couple of guests for our session. Have you had so, any responses yet to your inquiries? Not quite yet. Mm, some people, people are scared then, huh? To come on. I don't know. Not mm. sure yet. Okay. Got a little time. <laughs> I'll keep, I'll keep pushing the envelope on that one a little bit and see what I can find. So I, Rob shared with me who he's trying to get to come on. And I think if we're able to get the individuals that he's uh, looking to have on, we're going to have a really good, really, really, really good uh, live event. Although we've right. only got an hour, so we're going to have to. Have to be concise, Todd. Mm-hmm. We have to talk mm-hmm. fast and crisp. <laughs> No, I mean, an hour isn't un- unusual for us, but um, we we usually like to go 90, but I think an hour is fine. Yeah. I'm not worried about that. It's it's live on stage. It's actually more time than most presenters get. That's true. Because yeah. I think my session's 45 minutes on, I think Wednesday mm-hmm. was my time. Right. And keep in mind too, this is going to be live streamed as this is one of the live stages, which means that it's going to be available to be watched if you're not in uh, Nashville at this event. So you'll be able to see it from there. Just had something coming in my email. My team must be doing some updates because I, every once in a while I, I get something from them. I'm like, are you guys, they use my account to test everything. And 
I'm like, why did I get this email? Are, are you guys testing something? <laughs> I don't know. Does that happen at Libsyn too, where you, your your uh, your account gets used as the guinea as the guinea pig, Rob? Uh, not too often. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, so let me send the message here in Slack. Uh, so I just got my, my, uh, speaker tile from podcast movement. Oh, I hadn't. Yeah. We got, we got mine last week. So you did. Okay. Yeah. They just sent out a new batch of them, I guess. I guess one's for Twitter and one's for Instagram. Yeah. I see. What about that's Facebook? Cool. Yeah, I guess that's not on the list. I use the I use the Twitter one for Facebook. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Yep. Well, that's I tell okay. you, it's so you know um, one thing I've actually did notice, and the support team mentioned it to me yesterday. Mm -hmm. we tell it's in we're tell we're in the middle of June because yeah. we've had just a little bit of slowdown in support tickets right um so i thought you know it, it's actually we didn't see and we didn't note last year we never noticed uh, you know a slowdown at all and this year we're actually seeing just a, just a little they're getting a couple more hours a day back to do other stuff but you know it's mm -hmm. usually you know they're nine deep <laughs> so yeah well i mean this is usually the slowest part of the podcasting season, right? As yeah. far as downloads. downloads. Well, it used to be. I don't see a dip anymore. We'll see about this year. Really? It stays what you've been seeing yeah, so June, far? For, it, for at least the last five years, June, July, August, have stayed steady all the way through. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, It used to be there was a, you know. Big dip. Right? Uh, well, I would say just a gentle dip. And then about the time that the first, uh, you know, first hints of cold, <laughs> the numbers came back up. But I think yep. people, I think people have been programmed at this point to uh, listen all the time. Yeah, listen all the time. Yeah, that's great. So, so anything else going on with you, Todd? Or are we kind of out? Well, podcast awards is. Uh, you know, at this point, 14 or 15 days away from kicking off. Okay. So uh, if you're listening and you have not yet registered for uh, to be part of the podcast awards, please do so. Um, one thing that uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, if you're all listening, uh, you guys have not yet registered for the best podcast directory podcast app. Uh, Pocket Cast, Overcast. Now, if some of you are fans of a specific app or directory and you want to sponsor registration for one of those categories, uh, I need to pay for that category. And it's not going to get paid if we don't want yeah. We've got a few that's in there. I looked at registration. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting uh, registration. So, and I shouldn't, you know, th those that have paid, I shouldn't probably spoil the waters a little bit, but. There still is room too. Um, some of the best of categories are just a tie, just a little bit thin. So, mm -hmm. so Todd, have you been doing any thinking at all about the the NAB show? 
Coming uh, up here in October? You know, we're just finishing up our podcast movement planning strategy, marketing strategy for podcast movement. We've got that pretty much in the can. And uh, from there, we will um, uh, move on to uh, the next event. So, you know, we try to be eight weeks out from an event. Right. Right. Yeah. They're going to have it in person coming up October 9th through the 13th. I'm all set to go as well. I think only you and I think Libson and us are the only two. Right now, you and I are I know, across a, from each other. It's a pretty small kind of like uh, pavilion for podcasting. Yeah, I was going to let's go over there and see if I can. Let me go over to NAB show. So for those that don't know about it, it's the National Association of Broadcasters show. It's the it's the largest kind of, I say, broadcast radio digital um, event, really. In, in the world, I don't know that there's any event bigger than NAB, but um, it, that's in the broadcast realm. Um, it, over 100,000 people come to this event, and it's just huge. And they, over the last few years, uh, the NAB has been growing a podcast pavilion, which is a section on the exhibition floor dedicated just to the podcasting medium. Um, and I guess because of the pandemic, they, they had quite a few people companies pull out. Um, so that's shrunk the podcast pavilion down a little bit. So what we're going to have to do is build it back up again. All right. So I'm load the map. Okay. And, uh, you showing the the map right now. I can't see it. I'll show it here. So, um, three, two, wrong, four, five, six. Okay. So what we are is it's, we're really kind of in a, uh, we're we're against the wall, right? That's what I saw too. And being against the wall sucks, big time, big time. And ooh, Libsyn is in North Four One Three Nine. We're in North Four Zero Three Nine. Live Three Sixty Five is in North Four One Three Eight. So that's a cluster of four booths. We're right next to one another. There's nobody in 4439, 4339, 4438, and 4338. So, and I'm looking at who's around us. And we, I'm, ex- what I'm fully expecting, Rob, is NAB to reach out to us and say, do you guys want to, I, I, I hope they make the opportunity to flip, where we could flip to be in a different booth instead of being on the wall. Um, well, one thing's for sure. I'm, I'm starting to put forth all out effort to try and get involved in many other, as many other things going on (laughs) at that event. Like I usually have done because Um, I'm, I'm looking at this and it's very thin around us. There's, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, some, 11, 12, big, massive booths that are, we're in the radio section. Right. Um, so I'm just trying to get a, you know, where the North Hall entrance is. Okay, so, all right. So those of you that know LVCC, do you guys know where the taxi stand is? <laughs> if you walk, yeah. in the, walk in from the taxi stand 
and you go straight in and all the way to the wall and then turn right and come down about halfway, <laughs> that's where we're at. And that's, that's the North Hall, right? Right. And it's, in my opinion, it's the absolute worst place we could be. So, matter of fact, after looking at this, I'm going to make a call to NAB and say, hey, 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 now, come on, let's, you know, you've got lots of booth space around us. Let's, let's rearrange and move us someplace more respectable. Yeah. But no one else is there, just you and us. Hmm. And Live 365. Which actually has a better booth position. Yeah, and I'll probably be the only one there for the first two days, actually. You know, we typically have pretty good traffic, but we also do an incredible amount of pre-show marketing. Well, we're you doing, have to, really, to make yeah, that work. Yeah, we're right. doing a lot of outreach, a lot of, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's what you have to do. So, you know, I hope they sell a lot more booths between now and that show because that show is still thin. I never seen this many open spots. The North Hall, I'm and tell you, it looks like a ghost town. Well, you know, this is we're coming back from a pandemic, so it's going to be a little slow build, I think. I guess the way I look at it too is we're already paid. We paid last year. <laughs> So it's not like I'm having to write a check this year to, right. to buy a booth. So, right. Oh yeah. Douglas is saying, I've never seen NAB look that empty. <laughs> He's looking at the live screen that I have up. So I agree. I've never seen it this empty. And yeah, yeah let's, yeah, let's, I, I think. Maybe we both should do a call and say, "Hey, uh, there, you know, a lot of lot of open, a uh, lot of big space in the hallways. <laughs> Why not double the size of all of our booths? Yeah, let's you know, let's. Uh, well, I don't need a double size booth. I I just want to be in a. I don't want to be against the wall. Now, one thing that we are good. Now, here's the only advantage that we have." is we're really close to the Westgate walkway. Now, from that standpoint, I've got, I've got the best booth from the two of us because I'm closest to, I'm on the path that is right. basically where people are going to be going out to Westgate. So from that standpoint, strategically, it, that is a pretty good spot to be in. We're actually where it would be better if you and I were you and I both shifted one one segment one segment over. So those of you who are listening, you're starting to hear a little convention planning one oh one and strategic placement of booths. And see, could there be anything better? Is there a bathroom close to us? No, there's no bathroom close to us. So that doesn't, that's not going to help us because yeah, bathroom traffic is great, <laughs> except, you on, wanna, except, you, except you don't want to, except you don't want to, uh, except you don't want to shake hands with anybody when you're, get your booth say, is. I've got some, I've got some sanitary <laughs> wipes here just for you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be, it's going to be good to get back out at events again. Yeah. I'm going to search. Gonna be a, 
it's a little slow going. Are you starting to to think about going to some other events before? Oh, we're booked. We're we're booked. Oh, yeah. yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. She yeah. podcast. We've got oh, yeah. NEB. Well, you know, we've got some other events we're going to. I I'm not at liberty to announce which trade shows we're we're going to, but we are going to other non podcast trade shows. Okay. So non podcast non podcast trade shows. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk about it after I get back. Trying to reach out beyond just the the small confines of the podcasting industry, right? Well, that's what the NEB is all about. You have too, to right? you have to go where creators are at, right? So. Yep. Yep. It's getting fired up. People are opening up. Uh, New York just announced that they're all open again, and is is. Is is Michigan opened up again? Oh, it's yeah, it's it's open. I think right. the bars are still on some restricted hours until next week. Right. But uh, yeah, everything. I saw a video from Nashville, Rob. No one's wearing masks in Nashville. I was looking at. Uh, I went specifically looking for YouTube videos around Nashville, and so I, I'm. We'll see if it's going to be a maskless trade show. Depends on what the hotel chooses to do inside. That's true. So if everything else is maskless and restaurants and everything are maskless in Nashville, well, the hotel may, the hotel may do things a little different. But right. according to Dan, it would be mask required. But Right. So, yeah. But it sure feels it sure feels like things are getting a little bit back to normal. So, yeah, I think so. I'm excited. Yeah, excited to get back to back to normal. Yeah, Mike said uh, July 1st officially everything is back. All the restrictions are off. So, okay. Uh, wow, we're at the end. We made it. We did. How can how can they reach out to you? Well, um, Twitter is a great place at Rob Greenley, and you can send me an email if you want, uh, robg at lipson.com. And that's always a great place. Um, love to hear from you. Love to hear any thoughts that you have about, uh, about anything in the podcasting space. And we'll, we'll talk about it on the show. Any ideas for guests or anything. And, and you know, okay, go ahead. You don't have to send all your juicy stuff to Cridlin. You can send it over here too. <laughs> Right. We'd be happy to dish on it. We're getting fact-checked now, though. I know we are. But that's been going on for a while now. That's From okay. who, though? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's okay. It's good to fact-check. Just keep us square. If we make a mistake, we don't get it right 100% of the time. No, we don't. So. We're human. Yep. We're human. We but. have our failies. <laughs> But don't you know what we say is gospel? <laughs> That's right. It is that way. Right. Anyway, I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. At Geek News is my Twitter address. Of course, you can reach the Blueberry team at Blueberry on Twitter as well or on Facebook. And um, anyway, I guess we'll we'll get out of here with our, our outro music. So our, and are you back uh, next week? I'm in Columbus next week. 
So we're Columbus doing this. Sh- yeah, we're doing the show from Columbus next, or I'm doing right. the show from Columbus next week. All so right. I'm going to do everything we can to be live, just like we are now. Except my backdrop will be a little different, and maybe it will be side by side in Streamyard or something to that effect. Okay. Or maybe right. I'll even look at this new platform and see if there's opportunities there. But anyway, it's all good. All right. You don't care okay. where you listen, as long as you listen. Follow or subscribe at newmediashow.com. Of course, NMS Podcast is this show's actual Twitter account. Yes, we do have one. Right. You can follow over that. I couldn't get New Media Show. It was at NMS Podcast. Right. So we want to thank all of you for being here. We'll see you next time. Everyone take care. Be safe. Yeah. Thank you. Bye.